there, I'm Kelly Martin, and welcome to this special bite-sized episode of Making It Work, the podcast where you get sound advice from remarkable entrepreneurs brought to you by FedEx. This is not a new episode, but a collection of some of the best bits from season one, episode five, where we discovered how to market your business in the age of influencers and Insta-fame. Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. Getting a hot new product under the nose of millions of potential customers was once only achievable by huge businesses with big budgets to match. But social media has changed this. Since I barely know my Kim from my Kylie Jenner, I was hoping our entrepreneurs could explain to me how online marketing had impacted their businesses. And where better to start than David? He's currently the owner of California-based company Shark Wheel, but he's been involved with setting up one business or another for decades. When did you realize that influencers was such a powerful tool? Probably about halfway through the cycle of the company, about three years in, because we were spending so much money on Google ads and Facebook ads and ads, 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 ads. And then one day we got blown up. Our sales just went bananas. And we were like, what the heck happened? And we went out there and some guy who was a skateboarder had done a review of our wheels and gave him a fair shot. And it wasn't like he was even in that industry. So it's that kind of stuff that we found out where it was like, we're targeting wrong. Forget Google ads and forget all these other things. Even SEO, where it was like, oh, I'm going after people that are typing in the word shark wheel or skateboard or longboard. And it's like, they don't bother with those. They're already looking for skateboards. Go in the other direction. Go outside of your bubble a little bit to where it's still touching, still connected, but far enough out to where it's a new audience. It could only be David that discovers the world of online influencers by accident and makes thousands of dollars in the process. But he won't pay for it, which puts him in a minority. Someone who will spend a few bucks for the odd influencer is Akila. She's owner of Edge Entity, a Memphis-based company that makes creams to stimulate hair growth. But she doesn't put words in their mouth. I find a page that has Something to do with my brand or that people who follow my brand follow that has a lot of followers. So if this page has two million followers, I may ask them to post one of my pictures as an ad. And they have very small fees, $25, $50. So for $25, I could potentially have almost two million people see my ads, you know. One thing I don't do with my influencers, if you've never used the product, I don't have you say you use the product. Like, I'm not going to say, okay, when you make this video, make sure that you say, I love Edge Entity because it's made my hair grow. No, no, no. But what you could do is, because I find people who still have problem areas, I send you the product, you demonstrate how to use the product, and you tell people exactly how to use it. And maybe even if you plan to use it yourself, tell people that I have this problem area that I plan to use Edge Entity on. I thought this stuff was for big companies paying the Insta-famous to endorse their products. A cynical tactic to compensate for the consumer crisis that is dwindling brand trust. Not for businesses that had a face, a story. But the message I got from our entrepreneurs using influencers, collaborators, whatever you want to call them, is that it's simply a cost-effective way to really connect with customers. Take Dana's influencers. They're just her customers. But because of the nature of her business and her owner, 
which is to make breast cancer survivors feel beautiful. People are more than happy to spread the message. I think online influencers can be very engaging, but I think it has to be done in a way that still includes authenticity. I would much rather trust what my friend has to say about something without them being paid to do so than somebody who is just constantly paid for every single post that they put on their Instagram. And because of the nature of what I do and how I believe so much in authenticity, I struggle with this because if I'm going to pay a woman to tell the world how comfortable my bra is, I feel like I'm lying in some sense because I don't know if they actually do think it's the most comfortable bra they've worn. But to say, if somebody really loves what you're doing, they're going to talk about it. I am lucky that Ana Ono has a really engaged, incredibly supportive customer base. And I have to tell you that our customers believe so much in what we're doing. They believe that they're a part of what we do, which they are, that they are our best lead drivers. They go to their doctor's appointments with their bras on. They show their doctors. And for that, we're very fortunate that outside of just making a bra, we're also building a community. And that community really helps us generate the leads that we need in order to stay in business. For most of our entrepreneurs, social media has been a vital tool in growing their businesses, but they would still be grinding along without it. That's not the case for Heidi. She's the owner of Heidi J. Hale Designs, a bespoke jewelry company based out of Indiana that would not exist without social media. After a post featuring one of Heidi's creations suddenly went viral, she set about building a website, hiring employees, and well, starting this business she never intended on having. Well, what happened is I've always been kind of like an independent jewelry artist. And that's been for the last 15 years. But um, three years ago, I had created a ring for myself that had my children's names on them. And my neighbor saw it. She wanted one. Then her friend saw it and they wanted one. And then she posted it on Facebook and it went viral. So my husband helped me create a website. We put the four icons, I think it was Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. So one person who got on our website pinned up to Pinterest, and within 30 days, we had 30,000 pins. So it really um, grew from there. I started off by myself, and within 30 days, I had 16 employees. So the role social media plays is rather large. I mean, without social media, we wouldn't have a business. It's how it started. I certainly did not set out and say, hey, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this, that, get all my ducks in a row. I mean, it was basically, you know, shoved in our face (laughs) in a good way. That's it for this bite-sized episode. If you don't want to miss out on new ones, be sure to subscribe. And if you're enjoying what we're doing here at Making It Work, why not give us a rating and review? We read them all. If you'd like to know more about the entrepreneurs featured in this podcast, or want to listen to the entire episode, head to fedex.com slash makingitwork.